It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, December the 18th. Mr. Tate is in the shotgun chair. How are you doing this morning, Mr. Tate? Doing good. Ready for some basketball today? Absolutely. Might as well have a game, huh? Well, we're lucky to have one, the way things are going around uh, the country. You're not kidding. More than uh, 20 games in Division I basketball have now been uh, canceled. Because Do we dare call this a tune-up for Wednesday's game with Missouri? I don't know. <laughs> you mean the game itself. Yeah, well. hope, hopefully it'll, the uh, virus won't affect that game down in St. Louis. Well, but what do we have, 22 teams now, including Ohio State and, and Penn State, that are yep. on the sidelines temporarily? Yeah, Rutgers, uh, um, let's see, they were going to play Ryder today. So that game has been knocked off. The uh, Northwestern-DePaul game. Yeah. Also, Paul's got the problem. I guess Northwestern doesn't. Right at this point, at least, and uh, so yeah, that's the uh, name of the game going on now. And uh, there are some interesting college games on the schedule today. That Las Vegas event was going to be kind of neat, and maybe it still will. But Ohio State was supposed to play Kentucky in that one, so okay. Ohio State is out. Well, Kentucky's still there, and UCLA was supposed to play North Carolina. So Kentucky and they're out. North Carolina, huh? So North Carolina and Kentucky are going to play. That worked out uh, conveniently. If they get it done, who knows? This is, this, is, this could change by the, as we saw a couple oh. years ago, by the minute. Yeah, basketball is crazy. Villanova's ranked in the top, what, five when the season started, weren't they? Or five, five or six? Oh, and yeah. They got beat by 20 by Creighton and after being slaughtered by Baylor. Yeah, Villanova is still a top 10 team. They were number nine. They won't be long. In this uh, week's uh, ratings. So, yeah, that's what's going on uh, college basketball-wise. The bowl games began last night. Illinois has a basketball game today against St. Francis of Pennsylvania. That will tip off at noon at the uh, State Farm Center. Brian Barnhart, Doug Altenberger on the call on that one. And uh, St. Francis, known as the Red Flash, comes to town with a 4-5 and record. Yeah. They beat Hartford on the road in their most recent game. We'll talk more about that as we move along and into the uh, game day coverage as well. Coming up at 10 o'clock ahead of the network pregame show at 11 and the tip-off at noon or a couple of minutes uh, thereafter. Bowl games last night. Uh, did you watch any of that? I did not, but uh, I understand there was a real uh, furor at the end of the North, the Northern game because uh, the last two seconds ran off when they were supposedly Going to get one last shot at it. Yeah, it looked to me, the, the the play went out of bounds. The guy looked to me like he caught it and didn't lose the ball until he was clearly out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And they called it an incomplete pass, and the, and the clock ran out. So they lost 47-41. to 41. You know, NIU scored on its first seven possessions in the game and then didn't score on the last two. Is that right? And that cost them. Yeah. It was a good football game, 47-41. That was in the... Uh, Cure Bowl in Orlando, and earlier yesterday in the first bowl game, Middle Tennessee beat Toledo 31-24. If you're going to go to a bowl game that's not a New Year's Day bowl, 
How about one in the Bahamas? That'd be all right, wouldn't it? That's where <laughs> that game trip, was. Huh? <laughs> that was the Bahama, Bahamas Bowl. How about bowl. the Peach Bowl? Have you heard about this one? No. Well, Walker of Michigan State's now going to play. Oh, yes. yes and the quarterback, Pickett, Ken Pickett for Pittsburgh, is also going to turn pro. I mean, turning pro right now. So one team's without their leading quarterback. The other one's without their leading running back. How much are we going to see of this in, in terms of guys – turning pro ahead of bowl games. Probably a lot. Yeah. You won't see too many uh, in the in the Final Four uh, Well, teams, I don't think – yeah, I think if you're playing for the – Yes. I don't, I don't know. Have we ever had any players pull out when, when they're playing for so. the national champion? See, that's the thing that will make the 12-team playoff if they ever get around to it um, in, in several years. I think that will keep most players in the fold because they're still playing for a national championship – I think what these bowl games are considered by most players are, do I use the word exhibition? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not an exhibition exactly, but it's just a, a game that in the, in the final analysis doesn't really matter who wins or loses, does it? True. Means, it means something to the, to the people there, you know, the, the, right. the teams themselves. But these games are they're, they're just not, they're not near as important as, a, for instance, a Big Ten conference game. Right. 42 of these games. 42. <laughs> That are two down and eighty-four teams get a player, and we don't. Yeah, <laughs> six more uh, bowl games, seven more bowl games on the schedule today. So that'll knock off a few NCAA yeah. volleyball championship tonight. Who you got? Oh boy, well, Nebraska, I don't Wisconsin, know Nebraska, Wisconsin. No, it's it's. <laughs> can I say it's a toss-up? <laughs> <laughs> you can, but I don't know. I will tell you that Wisconsin swept. It's great that the Big Ten so is so strong in volleyball. But yeah, makes it really tough on Illinois. Wisconsin defeated. Nebraska twice swept them once and won. Uh, they lost one set the other time, but uh, Wisconsin will be favored. But that's nice to see uh, all Big Ten national championship yep. in the uh, Division Three college football championship game last night. A couple of undefeated teams, including one from Illinois, North Central, uh, the defending champ. They lost. They were on the short end of the score last night, fifty-seven to twenty-four to Mary Harden Baylor. That's the team I didn't. Know anything about? <laughs> Never but, heard of them. Huh? But uh, they're now fifteen and zero. They that was a pretty good ball game early on, and uh, I, I kind of kept an eye on them because uh, some local guys playing on North Central's team, and uh, they were the defending champs. Got the phone lines open two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. If you'd like to join us, our guest lineup coming up. We're here just for an hour, and then back with you for Limelight Game Day at ten o'clock. We're going to hear from. Corey Bradford, he is one of the members of the uh, 2001-2002 Fighting Illini basketball teams uh, that are in town and uh, being recognized and will be recognized today at State Farm Center. You should get his opinion on what he thinks of Plummer. I did. (laughs) And we'll have that coming up. We'll hear from Brett Bielma. It was a year ago, almost this moment, that he was hired as head coach of his December the 19th, this is the 18th, but uh, last year, December the 19th was a Saturday, and uh, this was the day. And he uh, met with the folks yesterday in the media and reflected a little bit on that and looked ahead. We'll hear from him. At 9.30, Pat Embleton, he is the uh, Director of Recruiting for Brett Bielma. This week was signing week. We'll get more on that. And Edgy Tim O'Halloran will join us about 9.45 to talk about high school recruiting. You've had a time now since Wednesday to kind of consume the list of uh, 22 Illini signees. Uh, Let's get your thoughts on 
that class? Well, I think that, you know, it's the long-range uh, considerations. They've got five really good-looking, big uh, 300-pounders uh, in the offensive line that are going to be critical to the future, obviously, because they're having to rebuild that line. Uh, actually, Steve, it's going to be rebuilt before they really become involved, probably, because it has to be rebuilt this year. But uh, they've got five big ones. For four of the, of the six play, they also have a junior college player who's coming in who's expected to play immediately. But of the six guys, four of them are already over 300 pounds. So it is a big group. And then, you know, I like uh, Anderson, the running back from mm-hmm. from Joliet. But I, I don't know how he's going to uh, displace uh, Chase Brown and, and uh, McRae, however. I mean, th- this year. But... I think we have to think in terms of the long range when you have a recruiting class. And I think from a long range standpoint, it looks pretty good. But it, it, it doesn't rank high among Big Ten schools. And the, the East just completely, completely dominated the uh, uh, Big Ten West in terms of talent bringing in. I mean, it's r- ridiculous how unbalanced it is. I think you got to look at the fact that it's not at the bottom anymore. So they, they're moving up a little bit. It's not at the top. Well, Big Ten, the but. fact that you you can't compare a, a team bringing in 22 players with somebody else bringing in 13 or 14 right. like Iowa and Wisconsin. I mean, that's that's just th- their needs are different. Our Illinois needs are different. Uh, their coaching staffs are established. Ours is new and trying to get off the ground. He's trying to bring in, you know, install his program and they already have, and, and the chances are, I mean, I'm just guessing at this, that the reason they didn't bring in more players wasn't because they couldn't, but because they've got to buck up against the 85, which everybody yeah. does this year after having a free year last year in terms of the numbers you can have. It's, they've all got to revert back to 85. And just think about it, if you brought in 20, if you brought in 25 three consecutive years, that's 75 right there, and everybody's operating on five-year terms. If I expect players to come mm-hmm. in red shirt a year and then play for, I mean, that's kind of the routine. Let's go to the phones. we got the phone lines open. Eric is with us in uh, Champaign. Go ahead, Eric. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. I just had a quick question and refresh my memory, but um, the COVID rules are different this year than last year for the Big Ten. If you can't play, is it not a forfeit? Say that again. If you can't play, it's not a forfeit. If, you mean if you can't play the Oh, I see what you mean. Is the it a team? Forfeit? Yeah. Well, I don't know. As far Pretty as I'm sure, they changed that. I don't. I don't <laughs> think it's. I don't think it's a forfeit. It wasn't previously. Now some leagues are caught. I mean, the, the Washington UCLA game was a forfeit by Washington. UCLA is one and zero based on that game in their Pac right. twelve. You think it's that way in the Big Ten? I'm pretty sure they changed that rule. Yeah, I mean, because they're not they're not doing that rescheduling like they did last year. So if you if you can't field well, the team, I believe. Well, let, you let me just say one thing. I I listened to I don't know which athletic director it was. He said, if this thing continues, they'll have to have a total reevaluation of how they're going to handle it. I mean, already we're seeing well, 22 teams that are. I mean, there. I I don't think regardless of what the rule is today, if this thing goes into a you know, if this just blows up and we have dozens and dozens of games, they'll have to take a whole new approach to it. I think you're right, Eric. I think it, if it's a conference game in the Big Ten, it would be a forfeit. 
and I was thinking at some point they've got to reevaluate how they're handling this too, as far as, you know, a positive test or whatever doesn't mean that you just can't play anymore. Well, the NBA is already reevaluating and I can guarantee you that the big 10 and the NCA will be reevaluating, but they're just not, they weren't anticipating the Omicron. They just weren't. Mm -hmm. And it's a tricky one because it's, it's, uh, it's more contagious, but less severe for the vaccinated. I mean, I think that's the way it is. And, and, so how do you deal with that? I mean, in some cases, it's almost, I, I, I'm probably getting in trouble for saying this, but it isn't much worse in some cases than a, than a kind of a rough cold, you know, a scratchy, right. scratchy throat cold. Yeah, if you're vaccinated. And so how do you deal with that? I mean, does a guy have to be out a whole week or 10 days? I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think they're in the process. I think there'll be a lot of meetings in deciding how to handle this. Well, the one that got me thinking about it was the NFL because if, if they think they're going to be testing and then, oops, Tom Brady can't play, you know, the playoff game or Super Bowl or whatever, well, that ain't going to work. <laughs> or if it does, you know, that stuff is set in stone. They're not going to move those games. So that's where you're going to have a big problem right there. So, Well, put me down as one as saying I don't know what they're going to do, but I know they're going to have to make new decisions. I do know that. Yep. Hey, Eric, thanks All for the right. call. Thanks, guys. Yep, appreciate it. Let's stay in Champagne. Go to Peter. Hey, Peter, go ahead. Yes, uh, I just wonder if you guys were disappointed uh, in in this uh, recruiting class that we didn't get anybody from the St. Louis area. Uh, Corey Patterson had the ties down there and had brought in some good players from the area, and also uh, Terry Hawthorne's on the staff. Uh, but I didn't notice any players from that area. I will uh, hang up and listen. Okay, thanks. thanks for the call. Yeah, I'm disappointed we didn't get the two guys from East St. Louis. <laughs> Particularly Burden, who was the uh, number one player in the state, I guess, went to Missouri. But um, I, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, I don't say, yeah, I'm disappointed. I think they were too bad they couldn't have landed somebody down there. And they'll keep working that area, no doubt about that. Ten players from the state of Illinois in this uh, 22-man recruiting class. We'll hear more on that when we talk to uh, Patrick Embleton. He is the director of recruiting for uh, Brett Bielma. That's coming up at 9.30 this morning. We'll keep the phone lines open. Time to take our first break. When we come back, we'll hear some comments from Brad Underwood about uh, Andre Corbello's status. He is not expected to play today. Spoiler alert, but uh, more on that coming up. We'll also visit with Corey Bradford. Stay with us. Lon Ipella, Saturday Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400, DWS and 93.9 FM. St. Francis of PA, the Red Flash are in town for this ball game today. It starts, as Brian mentioned, at noon at State Farm Center. Brian and Doug Altenberger on the call this afternoon on the Fighting Illini Sports Network. A lot of games uh, not being played today because of COVID, but a lot of games are. So we'll keep you up to date on uh, what's going on and what's not going on as we move along. The phone line is open, 217 Three five six nine three nine seven. Brad Underwood said yesterday, Lauren, that uh, during finals week uh, this past week they had uh, some good practices, a good week of practice. Without Curbelo. Curbelo was not part of the practice, and here's what Brad had to say. It's a process. It's not uh, not anything that's. We're just going to snap our fingers and 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 say he's back. It's, it doesn't work like that, so we'll just continue to pray for his uh, continued, you know, developments and getting better and growth. And 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 um, when he's when he's they give us the go ahead, we'll 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 move forward. That was an answer to a question of is there a timeline? 
that he could share, and that's what he had to say. It's going week after week after week here, just we don't know what's happening. So that's the name of that tune. Yeah. And um, Well, they've grown without him. They've yes, grown, they have. They've grown into a different team without him. They look so bad the first game he didn't play trying to run the operation without their point guard, but they've settled in and they've— they're making it work. It's a kind of a group thing. I mean, mainly I think Fraser is your point guard if you have to have, name one. But they're they're mixing it up, and and they're certainly uh, they're going to work around Kofi, and that's the way it's going to be. Yep. Less less uh, pick and roll and more uh, p- pivot play. And Kofi, I expect him to have a much better day today than he had last week. Well, Coloco's not in town, is he? No, not that I know. <laughs> no. What a horse he is. By the way, he's, uh, their next game after that, he scored. I made the comment, you know, that they ran their offense without him in that game, and they did. But in the next game, he was he was in teens. Some uh, former Illinois players in town to uh, watch the ball game. A couple of them watched practice yesterday, one of which was Corey Bradford. I had a chance to spend a few minutes with the uh, former Fighting Illini guard out of Memphis, Tennessee. Steve Kelly visiting with former Illini sharpshooter Corey Bradford in town for the weekend. Corey, good to see you. How are you? I'm great, man. Great. Happy to be here. Just a uh, same same environment, but boy, it looks different. But but in a good way. In yeah. a good way. <laughs> Have you been back? Have you seen a game in this configuration of the State Farm Center? Um, no, I haven't. You know, because I I was always overseas during the during the season. Never had opportunity to uh, to, to return to the State Farm um, Center as you know, as it is now and stuff. So, you know, being here, watching the guys practice, and it's a beautiful sight. And you're getting together with some of your old teammates back uh, from the day 20-some years ago, and that's fun, too. Absolutely. You know, the whole gang will be here, so looking forward to uh, catching up. And obviously, Sean Herring is here, and and my closest friend, Joe Cross, from the team, because we're always in constant communication, and um, um, as well with everyone else. So, Demir will be back, uh, Nate Mass, uh, Lucas, of course, Brett, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things, man, that, you know, like I said, it's like the 20 years is like a blur. It's like it all's come back in one moment and we just have a blast. So I'm looking forward to being with the, with the fellas this weekend. What about the 20 years that you played overseas? Is that a blur as well? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the 18th season has been a huge blessing. And, again, I owe it, I owe it a lot to, to, to the university and, and being blessed to play with, with two different coaching staffs with the same mindset, and that's to win. And then with all the support that I've had, you know, with the alumni and with the fans and with you guys, of course, and it's been a, it wouldn't be possible without this. So I'm very grateful for it and very blessed to play that long. When you think back at your four years here, what comes to mind for you? What are some of the highlights? Uh, just the success we had. I think we, you know, we 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 started from from you know that early stage where we we're young and, and and at that time our, our first year playing together was it was a, a more mature league in terms of Michigan State had you know uh, veteran guys and Iowa of course and um, and obviously we learned from those woes and it carried on to the Big Ten tournament that year of course and we just blossomed ever since and got better and better and better each year. Talking to Corey Bradford, I called you a sharpshooter at the beginning, so you know about sharpshooters. Have you had a chance to, to see uh, Alfonso Plummer? You saw him in practice. Have you seen some of the games, uh, and what do you think of him as a shooter? Oh, he's he's playing at a tremendous pace right now. He's playing at a, a, a great rhythm. Guys are finding him at the right time. He's getting passes on time, on target. Um, he's taking really good shots. He's making, you know, and it's able him to make tough shots. Uh, confidence is very high right now, and um, he's, he's 
doing extremely well. And we obviously know that, you know, his, his, the plays that he's making, especially down the stretch, has been uh, the reason why they've come with some, some big wins so far. Your thoughts on uh, Brad Underwood as a coach and what he's uh, gotten done here so far and what he's building? Energy, energy, and it's contagious. He 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 seeps it into those guys, and um, his enthusiastic and his excitement about the team and stuff that it just oozes out of him. And you can feel it and stuff. So um, I'm I'm getting to know Coach more and stuff. Obviously, I'm I'm here in person now and stuff, and and um, and also with the other new coaches as well. And it's just been been amazing being in a been impressed with those guys and learning and and kind of getting acquainted with everything now because you know it's just everything seems so new, you know. Has any of these guys uh, challenged you to a three-point shooting contest? You know what? They got a game tomorrow. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin any confidence, or anything like that. I want those guys to keep their rhythm. I don't want them to be like, "Oh man, this forty-some dude came here and shot me out, man. Maybe I need to question. Like, am I really? The, you know, <laughs> just joking and stuff. But, um, but I mean, we got some. You know, the game has changed, you know, quite a bit, you know, from, the, you know, obviously not professional level, but from the college. I can't imagine playing this way back when we, you know, yeah. during our time and stuff, you know, because it was more just the Big Ten was was bruising. It was all about bruising. Who can handle the bruises? Yeah. <laughs> Corey, where are you living these days? Orlando. Orlando. Yeah, I'm, 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 I prefer that, that, that 80, that 80 <laughs> degree weather in, in, in December. <laughs> That's Corey Bradford, everybody. Good to see you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. What do you think about when you think of Corey Bradford? Those, all those three-point shots out of the corner? To Yeah, I, I still remember the one he made against Indiana when yeah. in the Big Ten tournament. Uh-huh. That, was the only, that was overtime, and that was the only one he made in the game. Yeah, there was another one uh, game that went to overtime before he made a three-pointer, the Seton Hall game that was at the State Farm Center. Yeah. Went to an overtime, and yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that he had not – that streak was on the line for that game as well. So he went down to the wire a couple of times with him. But a good guy. He played 18 seasons overseas. Well, he didn't shoot near as many right. as we're seeing right now. The line are really throwing him out there at this point. I wonder how if this will continue at that rate um, because you still got to work the ball into Kofi and you still got to have an in, inside game too. And I, I just don't uh, – I'm not comfortable – with this many, maybe I should be. Yep. Because we did have a game against Cincinnati where we went three for 18, and when you do that, you lose. You know, you got to hit 33% or you got to hit 35. Now, when they start hitting over 40% like they did against Arizona, then uh, that makes a big difference. That's how they stayed in the game. Yep. Corey Bradford, one of uh, several guys that are coming back. Uh, the Peoria Pipeline guys are going to be back for the ball game yep. today. Frank Williams. I call them three amigos, although somebody that's else right. already stole that. Well, that's, way back. That, that's fine, but that certainly applied to them. Uh, Frank Williams, Sergio McLean, Marcus Griffin will be in town. Sadly, though, one guy that won't be in town for this reunion is uh, the late Robert Archibald, who passed away almost two years ago. It'll be two years ago in late January, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that. Uh, the guys will miss uh, having their teammate uh, there. They sadly got together almost two years ago and, and laid him to rest. Uh, it was the last time a lot of these guys saw each other. Yeah. So he will be missed, certainly, and in the thoughts of uh, many folks. Over Arch at, improved so much. Yes, he did. freshman to his final year when he was he became dominant. Right, right when he became really good, he graduated. You think about all those games that those teams played against Arizona, three mm-hmm. in one season. Mm-hmm. Uh, including one there at the United Center that I think went into overtime, didn't it? And, and Illinois won that game, and then they met later in the NCAA tournament, and they'd played previous, 
I don't know if that was Maui or where that was, but uh, they played earlier and uh, three times in one season. Yeah, those were great games. Yeah, that, that was a great, and and that's continued to be a, a nice rivalry. Although we didn't come out on it on the right end the other day. That's but, the. I always think of Lou Olson when I think of, of Arizona. And Lucas Johnson calling him crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he said that that guy's crazy. <laughs> But he apparently got he into. He might have been right. He might have got into <laughs> Lute Olson's head, no uh, doubt. I think he did. Nine twenty-six. Phone I think Lute got in the, in the official's head too. Oh, that's true. Nine twenty-six. Phone lines are open. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. I'm going to talk some football recruiting uh, coming up. But as I mentioned off the uh, top of the show, it was uh, one year ago this morning that uh, Brett Bielma was introduced as head coach of the Fighting Illini and. Uh, Brett had a chance yesterday to do a little reflecting on that. You know, when Josh Whitman called me, right, I was excited. Being from the state of Illinois, um, watching things unfold here after I, I left Arkansas, uh, to be in the NFL, you definitely had your, I wanted to be a head coach of college football again, but I wanted it to be in an environment that I thought you could win, right? And I kind of wanted to do it in an environment where you could come in and, you know, maybe um, apply some of the things you've learned in the past. So to, to get the, 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 the flagship university for – uh, a state that I grew up in and competed in this conference as a player, assistant coach, coordinator, and head coach. Like it's like the perfect recipe, right? This is I couldn't ask for anything better. Um, and now to get here and, and be in this environment for a year, uh, to see the growth that we have, to also really uh, take this this month now here, we'll we'll reset. We'll start our freshmen. These guys that are are signing with us now, they'll report on uh, on Wednesday, January twelfth. Um, and so I'm making like schedules. I'm doing spring ball schedules. I'm doing uh, future scheduling for us in, in, in conference play, out of conference play. Just the excitement about where, where we can go is, is probably tenfold now uh, of when I started. And it was high when I got there, right? Um, the response from the people in the state of Illinois, high school coaches, the players, um, to know what we're capable of doing in the recruiting world, uh, to know what we're capable of doing within this conference, um, especially in the Big Ten West, that's Illinois football coach Brett Bielma at 928. We'll talk more about the recruiting class that he has put together, really his first recruiting class. We'll do that when we come back. Stay with us on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk here on DWS. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. We're with you until 10 o'clock this morning and then back with you on Illini game day as we get set for Illinois basketball today against St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Going to talk some more Illinois football recruiting. Patrick Embleton, who is the uh, director of recruiting for Brett Bielma's football team, is on the line with us. Good morning, Pat. Uh, happy holidays to you. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Steve. Doing great. Just got done making some pancakes for the family. All good <laughs> over here. Well, you uh, you do it all, don't you? <laughs> it's uh, it's been a busy week for you guys. Busy uh, time, actually. The season uh, you stayed busy after that, and the recruiting signing day, and and uh, you guys signed twenty two players. Give us an overview of the class and uh, your thoughts on on that. Then we'll break it down a little bit as we go along. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we signed twenty two. Um, of those twenty two, um, ten of them came from the great state of Illinois. Um, and nine of those uh, 22 will also be joining us in January at a mid-year enrollment. So we're really excited for um, for those guys to get here early and kind of hit the ground running, uh, kind of get a leg up uh, both academically and, and in our weight program. Um, but, you know, it was a 
it was a fun year. Uh, first time being together with Coach B and this staff, and, and um, I think we really did a good job of putting together this class. Pat, this is Lauren. Could we talk a little bit about some of the guys coming in early? I know uh, Jared Beatty is an outside linebacker. I think they have high regard for him. He's coming in early, isn't he? And uh, maybe McCantos yes. and Miller. And so, just mention some of the guys that are coming early. Yeah, uh, so like you said, Jared Beatty, um, Aiden, Aiden Lawfrey, um, Sean Miller, Elijah McCantos, um, all, along with uh, – you know Isaiah Adams, a junior college offensive lineman from right. from Garden City. Um, so, you know, with those guys coming in early, you know, like you said, Jared Beatty coming from Os- Oswego East area. Um, it's a kid that that he multi-sport athlete. Um, so, it'll be huge for his development. Obviously, with Isaiah Gain Owen Carney graduating from us, um, it gives him a chance to really kind of put on some good weight uh, because he was. A basketball to track athlete as well, so he never really had the opportunity to be a full-time lifter. Um, so once we get him in here, we'll probably be able to pack on 10 to 15 pounds um, of good muscle before the season starts. So he'll have an opportunity to come in and play early. And all these guys that are coming in early for us, uh, Lauren, will will uh, they'll have a chance to really see the field early, kind of get acclimated to college lifestyle uh, before <clears throat> before August hits. So they'll have two installs, two sessions of installs of going through spring practice, right? Um, and then they get back in August for fall camp. Um, so that'll be the second time that they're introduced to both off- offense side and defense side in- installation. So um, it, it's, it's really huge and mon- monumental for their development. Uh, having watched uh, Jordan Anderson from Joliet, uh, Joliet uh, Catholic, um, really impressed by him. Uh, is he coming in early or will he be uh, in the summer? Jordan Anderson is also coming in early. Okay. okay. So back, like you said, from Joliet Catholic. Uh, Malachi Hood, who's also from the same school at Joliet Catholic, who's a uh, linebacker for us. He'll be he'll be coming in early. Um, and then just a couple of the rest of the guys. So uh, Henry, or I'm sorry, um, Owen Anderson, a tight end over from New Jersey. Uh, he'll be joining us early as well. Um, I'm trying to. Well, to, my list talk, talk a little bit. Talk a little bit about Anderson, his running ability. I've, you've seen a lot of players in your days in 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 high school, but that 300 yards that he ran off in the 4A championship game was really impressive to most of us. I mean, how good? How does that translate <laughs> to college? Well, Jordan kind of fits fits Coach B's big running back, right? Um, and a lot of people don't really understand how fast Jordan really is, and so. Um, he's powerful between the tackles. You know, he gets 20 to, um, 25 to 30 carries a game for, for his high school. And um, not always is he going to break off huge chunks, but he's always getting five, six, seven yards of play. Um, and, and it's very similar running style to Josh McCray, who we currently have. Um, but when Jordan does get into the open field, you can really showcase his speed that way. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the, uh, MJ, his trainer, has really done a nice job of developing that long speed and that long burst that he has. Um, and so it's something that we're excited to see, um, you know, kind of running back for Coach B and, and his running, big running back system. Well, I, I think that uh, he's a guy that uh, is going to make his way in this in this conference at some point. I, I just wonder how he's going to stack up with Josh and and uh, Chase Brown when you got those guys back. It's kind of hard to break in when you got so much experience there, isn't it? 
Well, Lauren, you can never have too many running backs. Right? That's, that's true. <laughs> And, and not very, and not very, very many of them last for the whole season. I mean, you usually have to, you know, have to have somebody. It's, no, I don't. I just I very seldom that you have a running back that can play the entire. And by the way, Jordan Anderson didn't play the whole season for uh, Joliet Catholic. I'm told that he would have been a four star instead of a three star if he hadn't missed some games. Right, right, and, and, and he got banged up early on. Um, but like you said, not. You know, it's rare that a running back can make it through a full season without getting some some minor bumps and bruises along the way. So that's why having, um, you know, really a, a, a deep we, – we have a very deep running back room right now. And we feel adding Jordan and really adding Aiden as well um, to that room is just going to help us because Jordan and Aiden are two different types of runners, right? You have one that's that's got more uh, instant burst quickness um, and one that's more between the tackles. And so – um, adding those two guys to that running back room is, is, is huge for us. Talking to Patrick Embleton, who handles the recruiting, oversees the recruiting operation for um, Brett Bielma. Tell us about Malnus Moeller out of, <laughs> out of Denmark at 6'9", 300 pounds. A little bit more about him and how you connected with somebody playing football in Denmark. Well, it's a, it's a funny story. So, he, he is that big. I, I can verify that. Um, but Terry Hawthorne um, came into my office one morning and said, Pat, I got this guy that, from Denmark you got to watch. I looked at Terry and I was like, Terry, I ain't watching a guy from Denmark. Like, <laughs> we got a, we got a lineman in the States we're looking at. And he's like, I promise you just put it on. So we put his film on um, and we, we watched it. And about two minutes into it, I looked at Terry. I was like, this is a hell of a fine, Terry. So... <laughs> And he found him, um, obviously, just through some Twitter connections, and um, that was part of it. He found him on social media. And so, and then Mountis came uh, to the States a few, you know, after we offered him, he came to the, to the States um, a few weeks later, uh, kind of with a group of, of European uh, players. And they were in the States for about seven days, um, and they traveled kind of coast to coast and saw 13 or 14 schools. And we were one of the last schools that he came and visited. Um, and so I think we made a great impression with them on that, that initial visit. Um, and coach B looked at them when, when they were meeting and just said, Hey, I want to bring your, I want to bring your mom and your stepdad over here. Um, I want them to see what it looks like. And so we were able to get them on an official visit where we pay for everything. Um, that's an expensive, that's an expensive (laughs) visit, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It, it was uh, it wasn't nearly as much as I thought it would be. I can say okay. that. But uh, his 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 mom and, and stepdad are you know his his mom is is probably six foot three, six foot four. She's she's a tall lady, but they were they were awesome. Um, and, and they felt comfortable kind of leaving their boy with us, and uh, we're excited for him. Really excited. Well, Coach Bielma has a little bit of a history of knowing what he's doing on finding offensive linemen. So if if he signs off on him, uh, you gotta you gotta go with that, right? Well, how many teams even play with uh, football in Denmark? Right. I wonder. Do you know, Pat? I, that I don't know, Lauren, but I, I do know that he um, kind of the, the league that they play in. So it's the Danish national team is who he plays for, um, and they travel throughout Europe in a in during their season, and, and they'll go to a certain location and. All the teams will travel to one location and they'll play for about a week. Um, then they'll take a couple weeks off and then they'll go meet at another location and play similar teams as well. So it's a um, it's a it's a neat it's it's growing there. I know that um, <clears throat> Coach B actually had a Danish player 
um, when he was at Arkansas. And so this was part of that connection that we utilized from that. Um, so this is his, I guess this is Coach B's second Danish player. <laughs> Does he speak English? Oh, fluent. Very. Yeah. Yes, he speaks okay. English. The quarterback in the class is out of uh, New Jersey, Donovan Leary. Tell us more about him. Yeah, Donovan's somebody that um, you know we we saw early on, um, and uh, that we offered early on during um, kind of our first few months on as a staff together. Um, he's a six foot three, two hundred ten pound kid. So, um, and, and he is he's got that true height. Uh, the really awesome thing about Donovan. So his older brother is a starter at NC State right now. Um, has been a starter for the past couple of years, so he's got some some good bloodlines in him um, in terms of quarterback play. Uh, but Donovan is just a he's he's a he's a really natural leader, right? He when he walks into the room, people kind of he commands respect. Uh, I mean, it's not in, in you know cocky about it or anything like that, but he's just got a really good head on his shoulder. Um, and so that's the first thing that we loved about him is that he can control a room, um, he commands respect. He's he's just a very likable guy in that sense. So that will translate to kind of the huddle, right? People look at him, trust him, give him confidence in the huddle. Um, but Donovan's also got really big hands too. And that's something that not a lot of people talk about at quarterback play, but you want to be able to have big hands so that you can have a nice tight grip on the football, throw a good spiral. That also has good command issues with it. So, uh, but, you know, Donovan played played over at Timber Creek High School. Um, and while they had a down year this year, um, he's been a part of a winning program in the past where he's been kind of the leader at the quarterback spot. So we look forward to coming, him coming in. Um, he's already you know, they always talk football. Whenever whenever we talk, he's just a competitive kid. So he's always asking questions about our schemes and and um, asking how he can be better in his play and all that. So it's we're excited for him. Well, I know you're not sitting back with your feet up, uh, even though you're making pancakes on this Saturday morning. But uh, what happens now? Recruiting uh, never stops, does it? Recruiting never stops. Um, you know, and while we have already started our 2023 and 2024 efforts, um, you know, the transfer portal is something that is daily, uh, that we monitor daily. I can say really this entire season we've always kept an eye on the portal and, and looked at guys that have gone in. But since Thanksgiving, uh, Jay Kaiser, who kind of leads that charge in our recruiting efforts, um, we've watched every single person that has gone into the transfer portal since uh, November 23rd just to make sure that we're not missing anything. Um, and <clears throat> while we still have – you know, a couple of scholarships left. We're going to attack the transfer portal and kind of see who's best available for us. How many people do you think will ultimately be on the transfer portal? Oh, right now I think there's close to 2,000 names that are in the portal. Ooh, um, 2, of those 2,000, I'd probably say maybe, maybe 150 to 200 have found homes. So, oh, my. Um, <clears throat> It'll be, and that, and that's for, you know, all divisions, not not just FCS, uh, FBS type. So that's Division two and three. But uh, there, there's a lot in there, um, and that's that's part of it. The process that I think this this year, a lot of teams are starting to realize that, um, and a lot of players are starting to realize that maybe it's not always the issue or not always the answer. Um, and so it's something that it, it'll, I'd imagine, over the next couple of years, it'll start to regulate itself a little bit more. Patrick, we appreciate your time. Again, uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Pat. Thank you, Bill. Happy holidays. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.
Patrick Embleton with the Illinois football program with us on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk at 941. We'll talk some more football recruiting with Tim O'Halloran, also known as Edgy Tim from the Rivals Network. We'll do that. Phone lines are open if you'd like to uh, jump in, 217-356-9397. Back with more after this. 947, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with you until 10 o'clock. And back with you on Fighting Illini Basketball Game Day at that time, heading up to that noon tip-off at the State Farm Center against St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate with you. The phone line open, 217-356-9397. This was signing week for football across the state of Illinois and across the country. We just visited with Patrick Embleton from the U of I football staff. He's director of recruiting. Now we're bringing in Tim O'Halloran, Edgy Tim from the Rivals Network. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Good, doing fine. How are you? Good. Want to get your thoughts on the class that uh, Illinois signed and high school football in general uh, coming up. But your thoughts on the uh, 22 players that uh, Illinois put together and the fact that uh, almost half of them are from the state of Illinois. Well, and for me, that's a big part of the storyline right there is, um, you know, with with the new landscape we have in the recruiting world now between the transfer portal and in the COVID year and, and, and everything else that's involved. Um, I, I think it was a really good class for Illinois. I think the fact that, as we mentioned, they had, what, 10 kids from in-state end up committing and signing to Illinois, that's, uh, that, that, that's a real positive. Now, you know, again, your, your upper, upper part of that class maybe not necessarily didn't land up at Illinois, but I think for a, for a, I guess we'll call this a first recruiting class. I think it's a real solid effort. And, you know, again, you mentioned recruiting in general. It's there, there's a lot of fear out there right now, that uh, especially from the high school standpoint. That uh, you know, between the transfer portal and everything else, it's uh, it's really done a number on high school recruiting across really the state of Illinois in particular. I think that we uh, we really took it on the on the chin quite a bit. Um, and that goes back to the fall of 2020 when we didn't play. Um, I, I just think there was a whole group or two that uh, really didn't get much of a chance to get evaluated. And I think, unfortunately, it kind of showed the overall numbers of uh, kids that signed in the state of Illinois. So uh, the good news is Illinois certainly picked a nice time to uh, focus on in-state recruiting for sure. Uh, I think the fear moving forward is not necessarily with Illinois, but I think just in general, um, are we going to continue to see declining numbers signing out of high school? Well, you certainly saw declining numbers this year. I just, Illinois took 10 but North and Northwestern took four, but Minnesota, which has been a strong recruiter uh, with Fleck in Illinois, took none. Iowa, Wisconsin, one each. Uh, Nebraska, one. I mean, the, that's kind of a, that's totally, that's kind of a low number for the Big Ten, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, Lauren. And, you know, and, and if you want to keep working your way lower, too, I think where you really notice it is at the FCS level where, you know, generally you would have our in-state FCS schools would sign a decent amount of kids. And that just really didn't happen this year whatsoever. And again, I, I, I think it's that combination, that wicked combination of, of the portal and uh, just just not having the the, the money and the, and the and the actual scholarships available that you usually would have 
because you've got kids staying an extra year and, and, and you have schools that uh, in a lot of cases that they want to win now, they're going to go probably the portal versus trying to uh, sign a high school kid and develop them. It's, it's mm-hmm. a lot, it's a much, it's a much faster uh, fix going the portal these days than it is actually signing a high school kid and trying to develop them. Talking uh, football recruiting with Edgy Tim O'Halloran, we have a football recruiting question from Huntsville, Alabama. John, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, my question was, uh, how many spots does Illinois have left now to bring on this year? And are they looking at, uh, in, the port- in the portal of uh, former Illinois kids that went elsewhere that might be coming in or, you know, or looking at Illinois? Well, yes, they are. They've got three high school openings and, and five portal openings right now left. Three high school, five portal. Yeah, because they, they, they have 22 and they go to 25. I see. Uh, are they uh, on the uh, portal? Do you know anybody that they're looking at or positions? I don't. Do you know Edgy Tim? No. No, not really. The, okay. the, the uh, coach just said that they, they've had 2,000 people in the portal. And they think about yeah. 150 or maybe 200 have hit home, you know, have have actually made decisions. And so you got a, you got, you got th- hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of guys out there that are looking for homes that may not find homes because every coach has got to go down to 85 scholarships total this year in Division One, in Division One, and that's FBS. And man, that's that's there's going to be some serious uh, cuts in, in, in some of these programs because they, a lot of them were up in the 90s this last year in terms of scholarships, and now they got to go back to 85. Okay. Um, well, one is one, uh, I've been following the portal a little bit, and I've got one player I've been following, and that was uh, Jacardi A. Wright out of uh, Cater St. Teresa, who's been at Kansas State, and he's in the portal. Are, are they looking at running back? I wouldn't think so. I think they're pretty well set. Well, they got a couple of running backs in this freshman class coming yeah. in. Yeah, Tim, what do you think of of Anderson of Joliet's Catholic? Oh, I love him. I mean, you know, six three, two hundred and thirty pounds. I think you're going to get. I think he's definitely going to get a shot to uh, play running back. And again, just the kind of athlete where if that doesn't work out, he can play H back. He could do a lot of different things for you. And and I think definitely one of the in state headliners for sure in that class is Jordan Anderson. So yeah, you're right, guys. There's there were a couple of running backs signed out of, out of this class. So, and I love Jacardia Wright. Don't get me wrong; he's a really, really solid player. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, I just think with a kid like Anderson, you, uh, I think you're okay there. Anything else, John? No, nope, that'd be it. Thank you very much. Yep, appreciate the call. And uh, Brett Bielma, uh, Edgy Tim, has uh, made it known that uh, if there are guys from the state of Illinois that uh, had gone elsewhere, if they're interested in coming home, he would certainly listen uh, and uh, make it uh, at least an opportunity for a conversation. Sure, why not? I mean, you know, it's uh, it's, it's the way of the world now, unfortunately. Um, you know, kids leave, they, they go, they come back, and, you know, if you can, again, it's, it's about building up that momentum within state. If that means picking up a couple of kids out of the portal, fine. Go for it. Well, Tim, you're always getting ahead of the game. Now, what do you see for next year, and how do you think Illinois will stack up in this next – this is his first class. How do you see him doing as far as the second class is concerned? Do you have any reading on that? I just I just think the way they've handled everything right now, recruiting-wise, Lauren, with 
you know, the way the coaches have approached it, it's just a completely different approach compared to the previous staff. I don't think there's any question. So I think there's momentum there right now for, for them to get out early. And, uh, and again, it's, 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 a, it's, it's shaping up to be a relatively solid class. I mean, you've got some, some really good offensive linemen in this group. You get the kid out of uh, Rock Island Allman, uh, uh, a couple of linemen out of uh, East St. Louis as well. So there's definitely some big boys in there. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think the approach by Bielema and Illinois and the way they've gone about just really just, just I mean, kind of selling themselves as the high school coaches, I think it's gone well. I think the coaches are on board, and, and, and I think those coaches are excited about Illinois football right now. 9.55, Illini Pellas, Saturday Sports Talk. Another minute or so with uh, Tim O'Halloran as we're talking football uh-huh. recruiting. Let's uh, go back to the phones, and Steve is with us. Go ahead, Steve. Yes, I just had a question with all the athletes in the transfer portal. How many of them are in it because they got beat out by somebody and they want more playing time, or they're just uh, unhappy in their situation? I see the Auburn quarterback. You know, he's leaving after two years. Very few players are leaving if they are starting. Very few are leaving if, if they are starting. That's the answer. I mean, these are guys that are yeah. they want to play. Every, look, if you only got four years to play uh, college football, do you want to sit on the bench your whole life, or do you want to try to go somewhere else where you might be able to break in? But problem is, there's not going to be room for everybody. And guys that right. didn't well, make it, that, and everybody that's left Illinois, except for one guy, except for one guy over the last couple of years, every guy has gone to a lesser school. I'm talking about not Power Five. Right. Hey, Steve, thanks for the call. We're up against the clock here. Uh, Edgy Tim, we appreciate your time. And we'll hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. But uh, thanks for taking time for us this morning. Thanks, Tim. You bet. Have a great weekend, guys. You too. Edgy Tim O'Halloran from the uh, Rivals Network at 957. We'll take a break. And Illini Game Day is coming up next. Stay with us.